Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. This show asserts that you are enough, yet capable of more. We need you. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Endeavor, Developing and Delivering Work That Matters. Our guests this season are leaders engaged and work aligned with who they are, what they're good at, and where they belong. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Adam Greenberg. Adam, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell the viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where they can connect with you to learn more. Yeah, indeed. Thanks for having me, Scott. Um, and a mulligan it is. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I, it very well might have even been my connection here in Zambia. Uh, my name is Adam Greenberg, and I'm currently speaking with you from Zambia, uh, where my girlfriend and I are Peace Corps volunteers. So I'll just begin by saying that my opinions and experience with the Peace Corps are my own and every volunteer service different. Um, but as you asked where I can be found online, I will mention that I do try to post a daily photo from Zambia on Instagram at Adam Greenberg is my handle there. Um, but yes, we are here in Zambia. We are rural aquaculture promotion extension agents. Uh, which is a somewhat long-winded way of saying that we live in a remote village and we teach fish farming. The president of Zambia recently declared fish farming to be a national priority uh, in Zambia's pursuit of nutrition and development. So that's what we do here. And I'm really glad to be here. Zambia is a wonderful country. People are very friendly. Um, it is a landlocked country in Southern Africa. Um, and as I mentioned before in introducing it, if you look on the map, I think it kind of looks like a fetus. <laughs> so that is a memorable uh, description for sure. So if you, uh, I, I, I'm imagining that, um, well, I, I would be really interested to know if Zambia was your first destination when you graduated from school and maybe tell us a little bit about the uh, the journey from being a university student to being a Peace Corps volunteer and, and, and doing so in a way that was really intentional. Indeed. Yeah. So Zambia has not been my first destination. I'm really grateful that I've been traveling now for over a decade. Um, and yeah, so I'm 32 now and I'm grateful that I can look back on those twenties and I could say that they were a debt-free decade traveling with intention through work with meaning. Um, and I suppose I would say that it began with a very generous scholarship that I received uh, to university, which allowed me to graduate without any debt. Um, and that is why I'm a huge proponent of our need to reform student loan debt. Um, I'm sure that any, any number of the 44 million Americans that ho have over $1.5 trillion of student loan debt um, would love the opportunity uh, to, to travel through meaningful work. And I think we need to make that more accessible. Uh, when I graduated university without this debt, 
I thought I wanted to continue doing meaningful work. I had been a student activist in college. Um, so I said, I want to do meaningful work. I'll join the Peace Corps because, you know, that's, that's sort of what you might think of. Um, and it was in my research of the Peace Corps in 2007 that I discovered AmeriCorps, which AmeriCorps is sort of uh, the domestic national service cousin of the Peace Corps, whereas Peace Corps is international. So I served with AmeriCorps after university, um, and that was an incredible experience. Um, I'm so grateful for that journey. It, uh, it opened up a path that I could not, never have uh, envisioned otherwise. And where, where did you do work through AmeriCorps? So AmeriCorps has a number of programs. Uh, you might be familiar with City Year or Teach for America or VISTA, in which mm-hmm. um, volunteers serve in, in rather uh, poor areas for about a 10-month length of service. I served with a program called the National Civilian Community Corps, or NCCC as we call it. And uh, this was based on... Uh, FDR's uh, Civilian Conservation Corps of the 1930s. Um, NCCC is, in basic terms, I would say it's it's a cross-country national service road trip. Um, And it's an amazing opportunity. It it is a 10-month commitment in which 18 to 24-year-olds are on a team with 12 other young people. And you spend the year doing four different two-month-long national service projects. So uh, I helped rebuild homes in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina in 2008. Our team worked in an elementary school as uh, student teachers in Biloxi, Mississippi. And we worked with the Senior Citizen Center and did a neighborhood watch program in Great Falls, Montana. So not only are you getting exposed to interesting organizations, nonprofits, and government agencies doing impactful work, but you're also with a team of young people. You're traveling the country. Um, your student loans are deferred and interest on those loans is deferred. You will receive a small stipend uh, that can be used towards those loans or for grad school. Um, and it's just an incredible opportunity. I feel so grateful to have served with AmeriCorps. It's something that I wish that every young person would only be so lucky, I think, to have served with AmeriCorps. Um, and that has that set me off on this crazy path of travel. Yeah, our youngest is actually considering um, that program, and and so it's it, it, it's a, it's a really great story, and it's it's a wonderful path that you've chosen. Um, it it is it seems probably to many of us, um, you know, not 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 the usual path for somebody that is coming out of university. So tell us a little bit about what what was the motivation and the intention, the aspiration. Um, I mean, did you re- know in school that you, this was going to be your what's next? And did you intend for it to be uh, a journey that would be a decade in the making plus and counting? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'll just say personally, I'd be happy to chat with uh, your youngest um, about AmeriCorps if he or she would be interested. Um, but in terms of my journey, uh, when I graduated university, um, as I might have said, I, I, was, I became a student activist in college. Um, when I was in university, I didn't set out to do so, but um, 
with activism and, and needs of uh, issues in politics, sometimes you just can't help get involved in what you think is right. Um, so that had a really profound impact on me. And when I graduated without any debt, I said to myself, I want to continue doing meaningful work. And I realized that at the time, I sort of set these three informal goals for myself. I didn't articulate it back then, but um, it was number one, that I would consider, I would continue pursuing meaningful work. Um, that I, number two, that I would not try not to go into debt to do so, because unfortunately, a lot of meaningful work and nonprofit sort of work doesn't pay very well. And third, if I could do both of those two things while traveling, maybe, uh, that would be amazing. So I asked myself, how could I combine those three things? I said, oh, yeah, I'll join the Peace Corps. And then it was in my research of the Peace Corps that I discovered AmeriCorps. And I thought, you know what, before going abroad uh, for two years to work on any projects alone, perhaps I should first see and travel and work on issues within my own country, within the United States first. Um, so that's what I did. And that led to AmeriCorps. Um, and everything that came after AmeriCorps um, was an extension of, of that interest and that curiosity and just that pursuit. You know, I've been traveling for the past 10 years, essentially. And throughout that time, the first six years after university, I lived in 19 cities and 15 states doing work that I was really, that I really enjoyed, that I found impactful and meaningful. Um, before the previous five years in which I lived abroad throughout Asia and Australia before Zambia. Uh, so I actually never really knew where I was going to be six months ahead of time for much of this past decade. Um, and that's exactly how I enjoyed it. I loved the variety and, and uh, really grateful to have that experience, to be able to combine uh, traveling intentionally with meaningful work. I really love, so I'm, I, I, you know, although again, for those tuned in uh, to the live broadcast, we are, we are audio only today just because we've had, we had a false start with some internet issues. Adam is uh, tuning in, uh, calling us from Zambia where he has limited access to uh, or limited bandwidth for uh, doing video. Um, but, you know, in this format of only being audio only, uh, I am aware, maybe more so than I would be if we were doing a video chat. Uh, uh, you know, there, I hear the passion in your in your voice as you're speaking about the work that you do. I hear uh, through your words and in your voice the uh, degree of purpose and intention that you know you pursued this path, uh, and it speaks to an idea that I've unpacked in some of my work that um, meaning doesn't come is not intrinsically in any endeavor, whether that's Peace Corps or banking or economics or engineering or teaching or, or what have you. It's, it's the, the, the meaning, the significance, the purpose and the passion comes through the act of engaging with the work. And it's, I, I feel that purpose and passion really comes from the work and it's not something that you find in the work. And I'm just wondering what your experience with that or what your take on that might be. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. It's, it's being present to what you're doing in, in any of the myriad ways there are to find meaningful work. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, the Peace Corps. As you said, it could be in banking if you really enjoy uh, increasing, you know, opportunity for people to have uh, access to capital or improve their situation in the economy. Um, 
power to you. Yeah, it's about being present in what you're doing. Oh, I love that. So, and the, there's like an inherent, you know, kind of mindfulness practice built into that idea because once you're you um, you initiate this idea of not being attached to results that may happen in the future or situations that might. Um, have been in the past, but when you are in the present moment, that's when you actually have some agency to take control of your perspective and and to take control of your actions in terms of what you decide to do next, and to be aware and mindful of of what's going on in the here and now, and and make the best um, you know decisions going forward. So I I definitely appreciate hearing that word presence. It's a it's a, a profound word that we need to to pay more attention to i feel like culturally especially in the states here we are often so distracted by um what we want to happen in the future or what might happen in the future or uh, all the things that are outside of our control so i appreciate that i'm just in the past several weeks i've been I've come into contact with the work of Will McCaskill, and I'm wondering if you're at all familiar with his work and uh, the, the kind of effective altruism movement that he's at the you know spear point of, and if that had any kind of influence or informed or inspired your journey in any way. Sure, I'll just say that in regards to what you just said, with things outside of our control, I'm hearing. Uh, a reference to having non-attachment and being present and doing what you can and then, you know, letting it sort of let the cards fall where they may. Um, With regard to Will McCaskill, uh, no, I haven't heard of him. Uh, Tell me more. Well, I think you would, I I don't, I have not read his book, um, but I I intend to. It's called, um, I think it's called Doing Good Better or something like something like along those lines, but Will is uh, one of the youngest tenured philosophy professors, if not the youngest um, in history uh, at the University of Oxford, I believe. Um, He is- Heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. So he is, he is um, the, one of the leaders in this movement uh, called Effective Altruism. And I'm not sure if he's the founder. Uh, Peter Singer is another person whose work is kind of associated with this idea. And it's the idea that y- you want to maximize your ability to do good with the resources that you have. So for instance, Bill, um, in the, an interview I heard, was listening to when I was on my, my run uh, my, my notorious cemetery run today was talking about how he uh, he only just recently upped his allowance to 25,000 pounds. He's, he's lived on 20,000 pounds um, for a number of years and everything else he makes above and beyond 20,000 pounds he's given to, uh, to, to charities that he, and, and the whole purpose of the uh, effective altruism movement is that they have developed systems and algorithms and processes for determining the truly most effective charities out there, which are not always necessarily the ones with the lowest overhead or, or the ones with the the biggest um, reach or, you know, the largest organizations or so forth. They have determined, you know, in, in real, 
uh, concrete ways, metrics that determine how effectively the money that they are handling is impacting the people uh, and the situations that they're serving. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a very um, utilitarian approach. Uh, I'm not uh, someone um, that has a lot of uh, the, I, I, I appreciate uh, utilitarianism. I don't think it's um, the only uh, consideration, but um, you know, he, he certainly is making uh, a compelling case to me at the very least. And, and to many others, uh, effective altruism movements are gaining traction uh, on college campuses all over the, the world. Uh, the movement, his movement is really um, gaining uh, more and more notoriety and, uh, you know, he's helping uh, do more, more good in the world, um, you know, in a, in a better way than has ever been done before. Uh, and, you know, goodness knows we could use some more do-gooding in the world Definitely. at this point. So yeah, it's, 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 I, I, as I've been listening to you speak, it just, um, and because it's so fresh in my mind, because I was literally just listening to him on a podcast before we got on, it just struck me that you might be aware of his work, but you know, there, there are many ways to come, um, you know, to this approach. And it's just so inspiring for some to hear this story about somebody. I think everybody seeks to, you know, have an impact on the world and to, um, you know, to do well. I, I believe that we have a, as human beings, we are hardwired to be social creatures and we are hardwired to do what we can to enhance the lives of others. And that's probably the, the most effective way of enhancing our own lives is um, to do that. And, you know, again, your, your story is just really powerful. So let's, for somebody that perhaps wanted to pursue a path similar to the one that um, that, that you've pursued, obviously there's um, the Peace Corps and AmeriCorps. What are some of the other uh, either resources that you point people towards, or what are some of the other considerations? that um, you think would be important for somebody to investigate if they were to want to pursue a path like the one that you've pursued? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for mentioning Will and Peter. Um, I wasn't familiar with their work, so I will look into effective altruism. Um, in terms of resources, it, well, you know, the Peace Corps, uh, uh, there's no age limit. Um, there are volunteers who are in their 70s, and there are also people who serve as couples. I believe the average age of a Peace Corps volunteer is 28. Um, so it's not just people right out of college. Um, but I also recognize, you know, the Peace Corps is just not for everyone, They're, nor maybe even AmeriCorps. Um, but yeah, there are ways to travel um, and embark on meaningful work. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a two-year commitment like the Peace Corps is. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I were very fortunate. We, after teaching in Korea for uh, two and a half years, um, we were able to backpack through India and Southeast Asia for six months. Um, and we were able to do so on uh, just $15 a day, um, which is less than rent in uh, most U.S. cities. Um, but more than that, we were able to have really interesting, impactful experiences by doing that through uh, volunteering with help exchanges. Um, 
And in Australia, we did a mix of house sitting where we took care of pets. Um, so there are ways to travel that are sort of non-conventional and are adjustable based on your time frame. Um, you mentioned resources specifically. I'll mention that my girlfriend has written a number of free guides um, for people who are interested in uh, getting involved in volunteering with help exchanges or uh, couch surfing or doing uh, house sitting, um, which is available at our website, adamandleanne.com. That's L-I-A-N-N-E.com. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, some of those, those experiences were, were truly impactful. Um, in Thailand, uh, we actually, I think the picture that you're probably looking at now is uh, me with a bunch of dogs. That was a help exchange that we did in Chiang Mai with a shelter called Care for Dogs. Um, and Thailand has a lot of stray dogs. Um, mm. And this was a wonderful organization uh, that we worked with. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there, there are lots of opportunities. Um, workaway.info and helpx.net are also two websites uh, in which people can find opportunities like this. I'm sorry, I, I got the workaway.com. What was the second one? Workaway.info oh, and help, helpx.net. Just help and X? Yeah, help in the letter X.net. Fantastic. Um, any, uh, so... I, I, I'm wondering if you would mind, uh, well, I'm guessing that you had, it's, it's clear to me that you had goals and that you had a strategy for how you were going to make an impact and how you were going to live a life uh, and do work that was meaningful and, and purposeful. I'm wondering if the if you would just reflect on how the reality of what you've experienced thus far has kind of aligned with maybe whatever uh, vision you had or, or expectations you had about what the journey that you were embarking on might look like, you know, what is, what did, what were you thinking at the beginning and how is it uh, the same or different than, than what you have found, um, at this, you know, up to this point. Yeah, well, it's, it's still unfolding, um, very much still unfolding. And, um, I guess I, I didn't have a specific, I mean, the vision I had essentially was, you know, to be happy and pursue meaningful work. And I will say, you know, that kind of almost is the extent of where it was at the time. Um, and I've just sort of maintained this mentality of keeping a curious, open mind to the various opportunities that came up. Um, I'll give you an example. After AmeriCorps, I described AmeriCorps as being a cross-country road trip um, for young people in national service. Um, you spend the year basically traveling in a 15-passenger van between those different projects that you do. And after AmeriCorps, the next thing I did was that I worked with an environmental education nonprofit called BioTour. Um, which was essentially a group of 13 young people. We had bought two 39-foot yellow 1989 Bluebird school buses, and we uh, converted them to run on recycled waste vegetable oil, and we put solar panels on the roof. We took all of the seats out. We made it into a livable space, and we toured the country giving presentations and demonstrating the bus. Um, 
at colleges and high schools and community events uh, during the 2008 election, encouraging people to vote with clean energy in mind. Um, and I never would have done that if it wasn't for the introduction to meaningful travel that was AmeriCorps. Um, but it was just in keeping an open mind and seeing that, oh, that opportunity looks amazing. You know, I didn't know about it before AmeriCorps. I just, you know, kept my uh, eyes open. Well, that, that is a fantastic story. I love that. Uh, we are approaching the end of our time together. And uh, I wanted to, I, I've recently begun asking uh, kind of a, a final question. It's not unlike um, the the famous billboard question that Tim Ferriss asks on his uh, podcast. And that is um, that if you could plant just one idea or one concept into the minds of everyone who makes, uh, who dreams of making a difference through work that matters, what would that idea or concept be? Try. Yeah, I would just say to try. Try. And, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you, your first response came through a little bit garbled. Well, I think oh, that's, okay. yeah, that's a that's a beautiful. Well, and I I actually wrote that down in my notes as as you were talking at one point that when I'm hearing your journey, I you, so often we are waiting. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we have enough knowledge, we want to uh, get our ducks in a row, we want to make sure that we're prepared, we want to make sure that we, you know, and a lot of it is just a really glorified way of, of not starting, of hiding. Um, that, you know, there is, you, you can't, you, you can't ever get it right right away it becomes right through rubbing up against reality and and paying attention and iterating and improving as you go and uh, i really respect the way that you set an intention in the way that you wanted to lead your life and and the kind of work that you wanted to do and i'm quite sure that you didn't have all the answers going in um, but you had the courage and the curiosity to try and the courage to lean in, uh, probably with the, the mindset that you could figure it out as you went. It's a, it's a deeply inspiring story and uh, just really appreciate the, 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 the model that you're, you're setting and the, the way that uh, you're inspiring and informing possibilities for, for other people. And of course, uh, you know, impacting the lives of other people along the way. It's, it's a, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic endeavor that you're engaged in, Adam. Well, yeah, thank you. You know, I would just have to add that, you know, I, I have to recognize that there's a, a certainly a degree of privilege as well that comes from being able to do what I've been able to do so far. You know, I, I recognize that I am a college educated, straight white middle-class male born in the United States in 1985. Um, and I mentioned 1985 only because I think as, as that places me perhaps as maybe a, an elder millennial, I am perhaps the last of a generation to have an analog childhood and the first to have a digital adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, so that puts me at a point to have really come of age 
age with the internet. I mean, I remember five and a quarter inch. Um, as, um, as I said, my primary issue, I think, is, is we need to reform student loan debt because there are so many people that if they were, weren't burdened by $1.5 trillion of student loan debt, which is probably on path to become the next largest economic crisis behind the, the subprime mortgages, um, more people would be able to do this. Yeah, well, I just, uh, I, I, I recently, most recently, my most recent blog post was um, was about academia being a place where um, many, many good things like the fine arts and classical music and philosophy go to die because it becomes uh, just a, the, the, the institutions that are exclusive by virtue of how expensive they are. And, sure. um, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think there, we certainly want our, our doctors and engineers uh, to, to go to school and learn how to do it. <laughs> I think there is a right way to build a bridge and the right way to, to do open heart surgery. And, and we certainly want uh, people to, to learn how to do that. But so much of, um, so much of education is uh, the value of education comes in actually uh, doing the work, having the conversations and being out in the world, uh, you know, and becoming resilient through the, the many mistakes and failures that, that we have, uh, you know, as we are coming to, to, to the, or coming to insight. So I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's reform, let, let, let's uh, improve the system and get, let everybody, uh, you know, give everybody access and at the same time, not make it, um, I think people can make better decisions when the urgency of paying back large amounts of money to educational institutions, uh, you know, is off the table. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's particularly with colleges that many of us are, are 17 or barely 18 when we're making these decisions too. So uh, there isn't a degree of financial literacy that's truly been taught in most public schools throughout the United States um, so far. Here, here. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for your time and for uh, putting up with our initial um, issues with the, the internet and other te technological concerns. I want to also thank everybody for tuning in. If you're still with us, Adam and I deeply appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. We hope that today's broadcast motivates you to learn, lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage and that you will keep flying higher. Adam Greenberg, thank you so much for lending your time, attention, and expertise to this broadcast. Thank you, Scott. I look forward to reading your new book, Endeavor, as well. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that.